Welcome into the Who Day Den, home of the defending AFC champions, also home of the 0-2 Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> Joining me today, as he has the last couple weeks, is Mr. Jake. He is here to help me uh, wallow. Are we wallowing in this episode? Uh, I think you, I think a wallow is probably a good a good descriptor for what's going to happen here. Yeah, I want to. Uh, I said before we hit record here, this is one of the few episodes I don't have a uh, real detailed script written out for. Not script, but like an outline. I don't have any sort of outline. I want I want the raw emotion to really mm-hmm. show through here on episode 77. So the listeners are uh, getting it raw, getting it raw tonight from <laughs> us. So uh, I, I want to know, is, is there one thing coming out of this loss? Uh, I, I feel like I don't even have to recap the game i mean Mm -hmm. who's listening to the game that didn't watch it but Bengals lose 20 to 17 on a walk-off field goal to the dallas cowboys is there something you you come off of this loss that you're like that is the one thing that's sticking with me because i will say personally i'm having a very hard time finding one thing my mind is all over the place yeah no i i feel a little bit the same way i was i was just sitting in silence for a few minutes and uh like playing playing the game a little bit back in my head but one of the things that i felt like like i i see people online talking about zach taylor and frank pollock and and different things like that but the biggest thing for me was just it feels like the Bengals right now are reacting they're not dictating anything yeah and i that, i just kept coming back to that so yeah i think that's a good point i think in the and the fact that as you look at the first drive, really the first two drives of the game for Dallas operating with some backup linemen in there operating with CD lamb and no real receivers behind him operating mm-hmm. with a backup quarterback. They were the ones that were, they looked like they were just running their offense the way that they want to run their offense. They were doing what they want to do and mm-hmm. it was working. And meanwhile, on the flip side, the Bengals look like they, nothing for Cincinnati is easy. Nothing is easy. Getting a first down does not feel easy. Even the, you know, the Cowboys, you try not to freak out about the first drive because it's a scripted drive and whatever else, but like it was easy for them, whatever they wanted to do, they were able to do it. And yes, the defense clamps down a little bit in the second Mm -hmm. half there, but for the most part, early on in the game, Dallas does what we want to do. Even on our touchdown drive of 19 plays or whatever, that was a hard drive. That's why it took 19 plays. Because right. it's not like we could just do whatever we wanted. It was like grinding everything out. And mm-hmm. I think maybe the most discouraging part for me after this game is there isn't one thing for me to go back to. After week one, the one thing was turnovers. It was, man, if we... Ha- I guess you could say turnovers and then the, the fluke injury to Clark Harris. Right. Those were the things that really... It's like, okay, if we don't turn over five times, we easily win that game. And mm-hmm. even if with the turnovers, you know, a fluke injury to Clark Harris had issues with the snap and that's why we lost it. There's not one thing in this game. I thought the offensive line did not play great. I think Joe, again, did not play great. I think the offensive line is probably impacting a little bit in the way he's playing. Mm-hmm. There were a few no, uh, few times I took note of he had a clean pocket and still was trying to get out of the pocket. Like he, like he felt like it was collapsing on him or he felt like he didn't have space. And it was like, Joe, you have time. Like yeah. you have another minute or not minute. <laughs> You've got another <laughs> second, second and a half. 
to make your read. And he just seems a little skittish back there, which is not the Joe Burrow I expected to see this season. And I don't know whether it's because of rust or if it's because (laughs) of the offensive line struggles or kind of in his head at this point a little bit. But I mean, that's I I come out of this game and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm a little upset with Zach Taylor. I'm upset with Joe Burrow's play. I'm upset with. I'm I'm all the way to the point I'm swinging to I'm upset with the defense. Am I crazy? I'm upset with the defense because I'm like, is our defense really really? Uh, granted, we forced a turnover this game, but is mm-hmm. our defense really really that good, or have we just gone up against Mitch Trubisky and Cooper Rush? Like those are def- those are offenses we should like. Right. If you're a good team, you, you struggle. Yeah. 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 Like exactly. those are quarterbacks that like. Mitch Trubisky looked bad this week against the Patriots who aren't an elite defense. So as I'm like, I'm now questioning our defense. Like, are we really that elite? There were so many times where Cooper rush had just all day to throw a clean pocket where I was like, man, that would be nice to have that for Joe. Uh, granted second half, we got a little bit more pressure on him. Mm-hmm. Hubbard and Hendrickson started to get in there, but I, I don't know. I'm like, I'm now like, where's the defense that's out there. We dropped a couple interceptions or I don't know if they'll go down as drops, but they were past breakups that could have been yeah. intercepted. I don't know. I'm all over the place and I don't feel good about any part of this team. Like Mixon yeah. didn't look great today. I do. <laughs> I, I, I'll i say to the defense's credit, uh, I think they've done exactly kind of what you need them to do the last, last couple of weeks. Obviously this week you would have liked to seen them limit one, like maybe take one of those touchdowns off the board early. Um, but I think, at some point you got to give credit to Kellen Moore. Who's just, I mean, we mentioned already being able to dictate what you want to do, especially on those early plays when it's typically kind of scripted um, and just dialing up stuff that he felt comfortable with and and knew his quarterback would feel comfortable with. And they go out there and execute it. Um, Like you said, the Bengals clamp down later, they get the sack in the second half, they get the turnover in the second half and uh, when they, when they needed to. So, it's I mean, they're doing they're doing what they're supposed to do, but still, like today, it was chunk plays, which we didn't deal with last yeah. week. Um, but it was like Pollard had a 17 yard run. He had a 46 yard reception. CD Lamb had a 24 yard reception. Noah Brown had a 28 yard reception. Like we were giving up these chunk plays where I'm expecting why why is why do they have any room to operate? I feel like our defense should be so tight going mm-hmm. against that unit versus you know you know you might give a little bit of respect to tom brady and patrick mahomes of the world but the cooper rushes of the world shouldn't be garnering any respect early on you should be blitzing the heck out of them playing tight defense not like let's give them 10 yards of space just frustrating yeah i i can agree with that yeah i feel like obviously uh there was room to to get after cooper more to kind of make some of those bad passes really hurt had like you mentioned them they dropped dropped the picks or things like that where it's just like ah like really had a chance to uh like get some some momentum going the other way and maybe like rattle him a little bit and that was kind of disappointing where it's like mitch last week didn't really ever feel rattled and uh cooper russian really ever seemed to be rattled this week either so um i think part part of that's on the Bengals defense and part of that, like, I don't know. I, I hate to be the guy that's just like giving credit to the other team or maybe not like holding his team to a high enough standard, but it's like, I mean, Mitch is a veteran who 
he knew what he needed to do. And I think Cooper Rush has been around long enough. And like you saw him last week, last year against Vikings, like it wasn't his first rodeo necessarily. So it's, I don't know. I want to, I want to give him a little bit of credit, but I agree with the point that the defense through two games has done enough. They've done enough for us to have, we should have won both of those games Mm -hmm. if our offense could get their heads out of their butts. But I also feel like, Yes, we got the fumble today. That was obviously big, but that was the one game-changing type of play we've made in two games. Two, we have yeah. really count overtime. You've got like nine quarters really worth of of games being played for the defense, and we've got one game-changing play on a fumble. Mm-hmm. And I'm just waiting for the interception. I'm waiting for somebody to get a big strip sack. I'm waiting for somebody to disrupt the other team's offense, and it feels like we're not really... I mean, how much how much of it was our defense clamping down in the second half and how much was it they just didn't have the ball? We chewed up so much clock in the second half. Uh, Let's see. They had three. No, I guess they had a few possessions. They had more possessions than I thought. They went three and out. Then they had the fumble, then a four and out, four and out. So granted, our defense did do well. um, But I mean, we had a see offensively. We had drives of over five minutes. Then we had almost a four-minute drive, then the almost nine-minute drive. So we held the ball so much of the second half. I'm like, okay, what if we had given Cooper Rush a, a couple more drives there? Right. I mean, would what we happens? Have seen, would we, yeah, would we have seen big plays again? So I don't know. I, I went from last week. I saw some people criticizing the Bengals' defense after last week, and I'm like, that's just insane because they played fine. Right. They what did, what they did they the defense? The defense gave up 16 points through four quarters plus all of overtime. Like yeah last week but it's such a bad team like now you have two weeks to look at this Steelers team and this week they go up against New England and give 14 points so I was like they might just be a bad they might just be a bad offense I I mean I I think they are but and so are the Cowboys I can't imagine Cooper Rush and the Cowboys are going to put up big points going forward yeah uh, at least for the next few weeks I think the biggest thing for me is at the end of the day if we're going to be nitpicking the Bengals defense giving up 23 points in overtime or 20 points to the to the Cowboys when going into the season you expect Dak to be playing anyways and like you you expect the defense to give up 20-ish points to a a Dak-led Cowboys offense and we we expect and need the Bengals offense to put points on the board which they're not doing so I it's hard for me to to put any blame or talk bad at all about the the defense so far when it's like clearly the issue right now is is the offense um and that's that's the like the more concerning piece to me like maybe down the line the defense will cause me to be concerned a little bit more but right now it's it's the offense and and the play calling and 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 game management kind of stuff that's more concerning yeah I, i found a tweet that said on pff the grades aren't going to be final until tomorrow sometime but it said on pff's first review micah parsons finished with seven total pressures two sacks three pass rush wins that didn't result in a pressure had a run stop so he was an impactful player and we knew coming into the game he was the one player on defense you couldn't Mm -hmm. let disrupt your game and somehow we did some of that was on joe i want to go through a couple of the players on the offensive side of the ball how much of this blame we've talked we've talked about a little bit in passing so far how much of the blame through two games are you putting on Joe Burrow? Because I am I am entering into 
I, I will not I will not go as far as saying the P word because two games in, I don't see how you can be panicked about anything. Mm-hmm. But I am concerned about what I'm seeing from Joe. Last week did not seem like he was seeing the field well. And then this week was just seemed like he's struggling to have his I, I think his internal clock is a little off. He's mm-hmm. he's thinking the pockets collapsing when it's not. He's moving around a little bit. Might he he's like spinning around into pass rushers. I'm like, brother, you just got to step up like. Uh, so how much of the concern, how much of a concern do you have around Joe Burrow two games into the season? Um, I, I have a little bit of concern, but to me, it's something that I expect to be straightened out sooner rather than later. Like with him, it's like, oh man, I, I really felt like he did not play his best ball the last couple of weeks, but on the flip side, it's like, He's Joe Burrow, and he's shown in the past that he's he's more than capable of doing what he needs to do when the time comes. Like we saw today, they they put together the long drive. He makes a couple of big throws. He missed a few, but he made the big throws when he had to. They they get the points on the board. They get the tie. So with him, it's always a little bit like I take the bad with the good. And this year, obviously a little bit more bad than we'd like to see, but he's still a guy that's coming off the appendectomy. He didn't get time to gel with the the offensive line. Like I think there's. I just a- think there's just like it's hard to pinpoint exactly what it is, whether it's you know, you know internal clock or whatever or rust, but just something is off with him. Like even on a yeah. couple of the throws today when he's taking shots to T Higgins, he threw the ball out of bounds. Like not even like T didn't even have a chance. Mm-hmm. And I'm not at all trying to make this comparison. It was <laughs> reminiscent of those days where AJ Green would have a ball sail over his head because Andy Dalton could not throw it inbounds to save his life on a deep route. Mm. Uh, I am not trying to conjure up those bad memories. Whoa. Whoa. (laughs) We got dog squeaking going on over here. I was just making sure that wasn't coming out of your body. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, But yeah, so I I just, some of those things are off. It's like usually Joe puts the ball where it needs to be put. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I, I don't know how much, again, you get into the, the blame between Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow. Cause from a perspective of us as fans, we don't know how many times Joe's checking into a certain play or mm-hmm. he's making the wrong decision. But you look at the third and three where we need to get a field goal to win the game. And Joe's throwing a hot route to Tyler Boyd. He didn't even look at any other options and it's stopped immediately. And we end up punting. So it's one of those things where I'm like, I got some concerns around Burrow, but I want to spend a little bit of time here on Zach Taylor as well, because fans mm-hmm. are maybe rightfully so losing their minds right now on social media. And I will say at first watch, I didn't, I thought there were some misses from Zach Taylor. I didn't think it was as egregious. Um, maybe it's just, I'm trying to find the middle ground because everyone's fire Zach Taylor right now. Right. But then at second pass, I went back and looked because last week, uh, long-winded explanation here. But last week, everyone's upset about every time we go under center. I think we went under center 18 times, 16 times. It was a run. It's too predictable. And so I started keeping notes on my phone. And as I went back after the game and, and tracked, I was like, eh, it wasn't terrible. We were under center uh, 18 runs, seven passes. So it's still higher than you'd like, but at least it wasn't super predictable. None of those passes. Okay, one of those passes was efficient. It was a 19-yard completion to... T Higgins, which in the third quarter somehow was our longest play of the day. Yeah. Other than that, it was like a couple screens that didn't work sacks. Like it was not efficient, but at least we were having 
play calls that were passes out of under center. But then as you look at after halftime, it was egregious uh, 15 runs, two passes from under center. So they tried to mix it up early on. And then from there just went right back to mm-hmm. we're going under center. We're running the ball. And I find that to be a little concerning. And I put the, a lot of that on Zach Taylor. I'm also a little concerned now. I see a clip of Zach Taylor yelling to the sidelines, no more empty or no empty set or something like that. He did not want to go empty, apparently. So You mean Joe Burrow? Uh, Joe Burrow, yeah. Sorry, yelling that over to Zach Taylor. Yeah. And so I am now, as I'm, as I'm trying to be as objective as possible, trying not to jump too deep into the other end, I am, I am back on, I would say, okay, concern level. For Zach Taylor play calling, I'm at like a six and a half out of 10. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm nervous <laughs> officially. Are you, are you, are you more than six and a half out of 10 nervous? Uh, yes. And let me just say, I, I don't like the idea of any head coach being a, a primary play caller. Um, That's not, just a Zach Taylor thing. I just, if I had to like choose, I would always have an offensive coordinator that's calling plays rather than a head coach. Cause I think there's too much else going on that you need to be managing and considering as a head coach to be dialed in as the way you need to be to, to call plays. Um, so I think adding that on top of the fact that it feels like the Bengals have all the talent in the world and nothing is easy and and things seem predictable, et cetera. It's like okay, maybe it's time for Zach Taylor to turn the uh, the play calling duties over to Callahan. Yeah, to to average eighteen points per game in your first two games when you have Joe Jamar Mixon, T was really only healthy for one of those games. Boyd Hurst, like you've got those weapons, and you're only averaging eighteen points per game is. Mm-hmm. Very concerning. And I think part of my reason I'm not higher on the scale is I'm trying not to swing too far because I was anti Zach Taylor for very long. Then he made me look like a fool because he took us to the Super Bowl. And I had a lot of crow to eat, which gave constantly remind. <laughs> I mean, I, I get it, what you're saying, but I also found myself last year as as I was trying to be more objective. I'm like, OK. Zach Taylor is very hamstrung and handcuffed by what he can do with this offense when the line can't protect worth a darn. Mm -hmm. Like he is a little stuck in what he can do. And so my thinking was we've got an improved offensive line and we, you know, as long as they're average, it's an improvement over last year and it's better. But now with the offensive line still kind of struggling, but I don't, I think again, some of the sacks are on burrow the last couple of weeks. I, to still have those concerns is what has my anxiety levels a little bit higher on Zach Taylor, Mm -hmm. but you bring up a a decent point. Is he, is he the reason we made the Super Bowl last year or did we make it in spite of him? And well, I guess my my point would be that I'm not at all anti Zach Taylor because I I truly don't think they get to the Super Bowl last year um, with with a lot of other head coaches. I think what he does culture wise, uh, I feel like the guys love him in the locker room. Um, I, I really believe in a lot of the things that he does and preaches, but <laughs> your, your pup does not agree. She's, she was yawning there. So <laughs> she was saying that ah, Zach Taylor, but the play calling to me is just, 
it's definitely not what got us to the Super Bowl last year. And if I'm being honest, through two games this year, it's it's going to be the thing that p- could potentially keep us from from doing what we want to do as far as making a playoff run. Yeah, and and I think the other thing that I, I'm going to try to keep like a little bit of perspective here as well that I think a lot of fans thought we would probably go three and one in our first four. Some people maybe thought four and zero. Oh. Um, I was probably more in the three and one realm. I was like, okay, we'll probably lose to, of course we thought the Cowboys would be healthy, but we might lose mm-hmm. to the Cowboys on the road. You might lose to the Steelers in week one. Cause it's a tough game. Like, you know, although if you would have said, Hey, you're going to be two and two after four games, I wouldn't have thought it's the end of the world. So in one perspective, it's like, if we win next week against New York, and we beat them. And, and let's say we have a game where we put it all together and we look good doing it. Mm-hmm. And then you win a primetime game and you beat the Dolphins who looked good today offensively. Now, all of a sudden, you're feeling way better two weeks from now. So I'm trying to not get too far on the other side of like, hey, I'm going to get ready to jump off this ledge because I'm panicked. We're 0-2. Mm-hmm. But I also am trying to like, this isn't a sugar coating. Like 0-2 is not good. It's not right. good to be 0-2 right now um, when you're trying to rack up some wins leading up to the tough part of your schedule at the end. No. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to your point, losing the two games right off the bat is not a season killer, but what it does do is force you to more than likely have to win a game down the road that um, is much harder. And maybe before this year, we would have chalked up to a, a more of a 50, 50 game or even a less of a chance of winning. So it, it definitely makes the going a little bit tougher, which is not ideal, but it's not the end of the world either. And if they do, you know, they start to gel on the offensive line. Um, you start to see Joe Burrow feel a little bit more comfortable here in the next week or two. Then all of a sudden you're thinking, okay, you know, things are heading the right direction. Uh, we still have a, a few easier games left before we get to kind of the, the, the gauntlet that many people are calling kind of the, the later portion of the season. So. Yeah. Um I don't think there's there's a whole lot more to add to this game. It's it's the you, we can talk about this that and the other and point to all these different reasons why we're 0 and 2, but to be 0 and 2 having lost to teams that were led by Mitch Trubisky and Cooper Rush mm-hmm. and uh one of those at home on last second field goals for both of them. There's really no there's not a whole lot of silver lining. And I think we could as fans we could talk ourselves into the silver lining last week. Because yeah. it was, you know, we we should have won that game, and we we turned it over five times, which is ridiculous that we were even in that game. But now to have back to back losses, and uh, via Elias Sports Bureau, the Bengals are the first team in the Super Bowl era, which is since 1966. How many years is that? 50, 30, 54 years. Yeah, I think it's fifty four, but you can round up to fifty six. Uh, since nineteen sixty six. Since 1966. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're stuck in 2020, my friend. Yeah, my bad. Uh, They're the first team in the Super Bowl era to lose each of their first two games of the season on the final play of the game. So it's been a bit of a gut punch these last two. And that was another game where I was like, if we go to overtime, I think we're going to win this. But of course, I thought that last week and... Mitchell Wilcox had other plans for us, but uh, 
anyways, we're sitting at sitting at 0-2 with a now, I think we can firmly say must win game next week. I was hesitant yep. to call this one a must win, but next week is a must win, right? Absolutely. Yeah, it's a must win. There's no, uh, uh, there's no sugarcoating that one. I don't, I don't feel like. No, if you lose to, if you go to New York and lose to Joe Flacco, um, then you're in trouble for this season. So, unfortunately for Bengals fans that that want Zach Taylor fired, which is you know not going to happen anyways, he no. just signed an extension for like yeah. six more years. So, um, I think everybody that is calling for that should probably just. Uh, walk it back a little bit mm-hmm. because you're just gonna be really disappointed because that's definitely yeah. not happening i think maybe for fans that want to see a change your best case scenario is that he does give up play calling duties but i find that even hard to believe as yeah. well because i think coaches in general have huge egos and as much as we like zach taylor and he seems like a pretty humble dude i'm sure he also has an ego to say hey i know i know how to call plays i know what i'm doing so i don't even know if that's realistic but yeah. And it's, I mean, it's, it's early in the season as much as we are getting a little antsy. Some people may be pulling out the, the panic buttons. It's two games in, we we're not seeing an offensive line. That's really cohesive yet. We're seeing Joe Burrow, who's probably feeling a little bit of rust. Also the, the effects of the, the cohesion or lack thereof of the offensive line. We see it in his play a little bit, I think. So it's it's too early to to be writing off Zach Taylor's play calling just yet. Either way, the Bengals sit at 0-2 two weeks into the season, joining the likes of the Carolina Panthers, the Atlanta Falcons, Ugh. and the Las Vegas Raiders at time of recording. Um, there will be some other teams potentially joining there, uh, depending on the outcome of Sunday Night Football, Monday Night Football games. But not a fun time necessarily right now to be a Bengals fan, but it is what it is. We sit at 0-2, and it becomes a massive week for the Bengals to rebound against the New York Jets. Thank you, Jake, as always, for joining. And um, we didn't even touch on our over-unders, which did not <laughs> do great. Um, we did hit the Joe Burrow under. The mix and over was sincerely not close. I think his rushing line that we bet was like 70-something. And, um, man, he was just, he would, he would break like a five yard run or four yard run a couple times in a row and you feel good about it. And they just get stonewalled for three straight runs. Uh, so he finished with 57 yards and we also had Jamar chase on the over of 70, 80, something like that. Uh, and he only had 54. So whatever, whatever it was that we took the over on, he was definitely under. So, um, I, that was going to be our dinner money. And we now don't, ha- we <laughs> Wait, now don't have that. We're so fasting we, this week. We are fasting this week. We hop back on that horse next week, and uh, we'll try to get some of those in. Jake, thanks for joining me. Bengals fans, thanks for tuning in. I'm going to have a preview for the Jets. I don't know if I'm going to find a Jets person. It feels like it's bad luck because the last two guys we've had on have said, hey, the Steelers stink. You should beat us. And then this week we had the Cowboys guys like, hey, the Cowboys stink. You guys are going to throttle us. And it's not happened. So we might just we might just run our own preview of the Jets without any sort of beat writer and see if that changes our luck. Uh, Thank you guys for joining. Until next time, Hootay.